Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Hollywood Raw podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw podcast. My name is Adam Glynn. I'm usually joined by my friend Dax Holtz, but Dax has been away for the past month, but he's coming back very soon. But I'm excited for today's show because today we are joined by someone who I'm a fan of, I'm a friend of, uh, the host of the Melissa Rivers Group Text Podcast. Melissa Rivers, how are you? I'm good. I'm very jealous of Dax's vacation all over his Instagram feed. Like, you know, seriously, what's up with that? It's insane. The guy's been in Germany and Amsterdam for a month now with his whole family. And I'm like wondering if we got the same deal for the podcast. I don't know how this guy is doing it out there. I'm sitting here, you know, just eating McDonald's every day. And this guy is eating duck and goose in Germany. I don't know what you guys eat in there, but he's living the life right now. So it's I haven't talked. This is the longest we've gone without talking to each other in a long time. Like it's, we send text messages here and out, but I hope he's still following along with the celebrity news that's going on. I appreciate you coming down. How's your summer going so far? My summer's going well, thank you. Um, you know, the highlight is obviously co-hosting with you. Oh, you're so good. You're so you know, kind. Make sure you put this on your LinkedIn. A lot of people like it. It's going to be good I, for I, that. I will. But yeah, no, it's going well. You know, busy here, there, everywhere kind of thing. I, I know you were on The View not too long ago. What's yeah. going on with you? What are you working on currently besides uh, the podcast that's doing really well? Oh, I have two big things. My book came out in May. My fourth book, Lies My Other, My Mother Told Me, Tall Tales from a Short Woman. So that's super exciting. Um, that's why you saw me on The View. I was on like this two and a half month book tour that just you know, every time I thought I hit the end, we got more requests, which is fantastic because yeah. it did really well. I obviously have my podcast group text, which I love and adore and have so much fun talking to really interesting celebrities and huge celebrities. I mean, you had Chelsea Handler on the podcast. And how was that conversation? Because I think there's a lot of interest with Chelsea and your family. How was that conversation for you? It was extremely healing. Um she came out and owned her, her poor behavior towards my mother for years and years and years at E and, and, and a lack of kindness towards her and towards me and came out and said, you know, on, on the Netflix special, I was too young and arrogant to realize what was standing in front of me. And I reached out to her afterwards and said how much it meant to me. And I said, you know, we said, come on my podcast. And her first answer immediately without hesitating was yes. And um, the heartbreaking part for me is the fact that after having a couple of conversations with Chelsea, she and my mother would have adored each other. Yeah, I'm sure. And I think that's that's the hardest part for me is after even having one conversation with her, I'm like, you're so smart. Like she and my mother would have hit it off like a house of fire. Yeah, they and really that, would have. That That's frustrating, but what a lovely surprise for me. And what a, what a, you know, coming up in September on the eighth anniversary of her passing, what a lovely 
period to put on on this year. That's good. I think the important word you said is healing. That's uh, it's such a mature way to approach it. I don't know if some people might be mature enough to even have that, but I think that's great that you guys had that conversation. It's great that you guys have that relationship now. It's great that you know Chelsea was able to, able to give respect to your mother, who's one of the biggest legends. In comedic legends out there. I always said, people always ask me, who is the nicest celebrity you've ever run to run into? And Joan is one of the top ones. Your mom, Joan, was one of the best people. And I was telling you, every time I ran into Joan Rivers, no matter what, she'd always say, like, I, I would tee her up. I would say, Joan, what do you got today? She'd say, ask me about Kim Kardashian. Ask me about uh, what's going on at NBC with Matt. Like, you, you would tee her up, and she would just hit a home run every single time. And at the end of every interview, she would take the earrings from her ear and give it to you and say, give this to your grandmother. And it was so nice and so cool. And it just... She was the best. She treated people with so much respect. She was so fun, so great. And uh, and it shows because she raised a great daughter in you. So I appreciate okay. you. Well, one of the things that we always talked about was we all have a job to do. And there's no, you know, you if, if everyone plays nice in the sandbox, everybody wins. And I was raised that way too. It's like, you're doing a job, we're doing a job. The celebrities need you to put keep their name in the press. And they need to be nice to you to do that so you can earn your living. And I think when people get, first of all, there's lots of people who are just assholes on both sides. Sure. But in general, if you're nice, they're nice back. Like if uh, you're nice to the, to the press, they're nice to you. If you, if you, if they're nice to you, you're going to be nicer to them. And I always say that when people get so, you know, gripey on the red carpet, it's like, why make this hard for me? We're here I'm teeing you up to promote yourself and your project. Why are you making this painful for me? Yeah. It's totally well, a symbiotic relationship. And having come from a world and living a life with one foot on either side of the, the carpet or the camera, you become extremely aware of that. You know, and my mother had a great relationship with the paparazzi and whatever, as do I, because I'm like, hang on, let me put my sunglasses on, let me put my, whatever, because we're all just trying to earn a freaking living. It's true. But I will say this. Your mom wasn't just nice to the media. She wasn't just nice to the photographers, the paparazzi, the media. She was nice to everyone. I mean, I saw her deal with, you know, fans, people on the street. She just, I remember seeing her at the airport all the time. She was always good to the greeters and like handing out money, tipping them well, making jokes, just making people's day by giving them five seconds of her time. It would make someone's day and you could see it. And it, it her, she actually made like, her energy was contagious and just made people feel good. And it was, it was so nice to see. And she was just the queen. And I'm, you know, I, she was, and, she was really the best. And you and I discussed the other day, Shaq has went to the Joan River school charm offensive. Yeah. And he actually, without realizing it said exactly what she used to say, which is you say nice, you've got, a, you, you're nice. You've got a fan for life. And they're going to tell their friends and so on and so on. And suddenly you're known as a great person. It's true. It's so true. It takes more energy to be a dick than it yep. is to be a nice person. And Absolutely. it's just crazy. All right. But we're going to get into our top 10 stories of the week. These are some of the top 10 Google stories. Uh, we like to, what we do is we talk about the stories. We uh, give you a little bit of knowledge of what's going on in the stories for the weekend. So when people ask you what's going on in the news and you just have a little bit more of an idea of what's going on in this celebrity entertainment world. Um, we're going to start with number 10. Number 10, there seems like there is a hot new couple in the showbiz 
right now. It's Lake Bell and Chris Rock, both out of long-term relationships. Both, uh, but they were spotted first at a St. Louis Cardinals baseball game. Then they had dinner at Giorgio Baldi's in Santa Monica. Then later, they were, the next day, they were seen walking along the beach. Now, nobody has seen them actually being handsy with each other or uh, actually like kissing yet. We haven't had that shot yet. And also, I don't think Chris would seem to be all into public display of affection. But this is a pretty big deal because not too long ago, I had sources reach out to me and they sent me and I have the photo of Chris Rock's Raya profile. You're familiar with Raya, right, Melissa? Yes, I am. So Chris Raya, was he, on Raya? Chris was on Raya. They sent me his profile. I have, I mean, I, it, he had a pretty decent profile and uh, it was just, it was actually kind of sincere. Like he was like, hey, I'm just... I'm a comedian. I'm traveling. It was like real photos of him. Like it was pretty interesting to see his Raya profile. If you don't know what Raya is, it's a dating site for the more elite. It's for the more blue checkmark people. Um, it's for people you have to get approved to get on. Uh, it's not easy to get on, especially for men. But Chris Rock, I'm sure I wouldn't have an issue getting on Raya. So he was kind of on the prowl uh, a couple months ago, maybe two, three months ago. But he is 57. Lake is 43. Are you excited about this, Melissa? I am, but first of all, I have a feeling being on Raya is going to be part of his next stand-up special. Just shit, note to self, file that thought away. Yeah. I think she's age-appropriate. She's smart. She's successful. She's pretty. And I'm kind of liking this vibe. You know, he was really distraught by his divorce, which he talked about so much in his last special, where it was visibly um, painful for him. You could you could see it in this special. And how great. How great. He is such a good again, another good guy. Yeah. Chris is interesting because again, he I've seen him a lot in New York City a lot lately. Ever since the slap issue, Chris is becoming a you know, he was a favorite on Dumois, the spottings of him. You start seeing him more, the photos of him walking with headphones around his his neck all the time, walking and so he lives in the middle of like I'm not going to say exactly where he lives, but he lives in a very, very popular spot, uh, popular spot of New York City, right in Soho, like right across from a very popular area. So he, people run into him a lot. With that said, he seems like a guy who's always in his own head, and that's not a bad thing. I think we all are. I'm very guilty of that. I don't think he'd be the guy, like he's, he's self-conscious enough not to get affectionate with her in public, but if you're seeing someone in different cities, if you're with them at night, if you're with them at the day... They haven't came forward as a couple, but I have to imagine they are a couple. I think it's a good pick for Chris because she is attractive. Also, can I say about Lake, and I know this is going to be, I'm saying this to you, Melissa, this is, she is one of the best breasts in the industry. She showed her boobs in the TV show, How to Make an America. Great boobs. No, Unbelievable I, boobs. I do not remember her boobs. Also, you don't go to Giorgio Baldi together if you don't want to be seen together. True. I live right near there. And you can you always know when someone's there. Let's just put it that way, because there's always paparazzi outside. Blah, blah. So it's not like sneaking into a private place. No, I have not seen her boobs. <laughs> For whatever reason, I'm, I'm liking the, the feel of this. And again, she is age appropriate. I think it's a fun one. I, by the way, Giorgio Bali, is that that good of a restaurant? Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. Really? Yes, it is that good. Is it is it California good or is it like every? It's New York good. It's like, everywhere good. Interesting, because I know a lot of Rihanna's always there, and I feel like in it's the last really couple months, good. it's really good. It's very relaxed. 
it's, you know, they, uh, during COVID, they expanded, like they never had this whole patio. Now they've created this whole patio. I really enjoy it. Yeah. I don't, right. I live literally like 10 minutes, not even five minutes from there. And I never go. And I, I'm always like, why would I do that? And then I remember, <laughs> yeah. yeah, because you can't get in. It's a scene, huh? Yeah. And you can't get a reservation. That's uh, funny. Actually, I'm not going to be, uh, you know, I, again, I'm in New York and the, I never been to Georgia about these, but I did go to Craig's and I was at Craig's uh, during Super Bowl week and I, it was packed there. Every night there's tons of people there going, you know, at the restaurant. It's so one night I walked to, I was going to the bathroom and all of a sudden I, as the table right near the bathroom, as I'm walking there, I see David Spade facing me and we made eye contact. I'm like, yo, Spade. And we're friends. And I walked towards him like to say hi to him. And as I get closer t- to the table, I realize who he's sitting with. He's sitting with Ted Sarandos the head of Netflix, Adam Sandler and Chris Rock. And I was like, and I already took like three steps into like, say, I committed to say hi. And if I, if I knew that that's who he was sitting with before, I probably would just like give him the, the, the nod, but I didn't want to like, it's, it's a pretty powerful table. So I started already, I already made the commitment to walk towards right. him and I kept it really cool. I was like, yo, Spade, how you doing? I gave him a quick fist bump. I was like, what's up, buddy? Good to see you. And then I just walked away. I kept it very cool. And uh, I hit up Spade the next later that night. I said, like, "Hey, man, so sorry I interrupted. I, I was like, I I didn't know you were with them until I got closer to the table, the way it was facing." And and he's like, "No, you acted actually. You did it very well. I had to text someone at the restaurant and tell them not to come to the table because I know they'd be super annoying. So you kept it cool. You kept it moving, like yeah. it wasn't too awkward with you. So that was good. All right, number nine. Wait, wait, wait. And also about Craig's, the re- one of the reasons it's so popular is the food is really good. Giorgio Baldi's or Craig's. Both. What's better? Totally different. You can't compare. Okay. Okay. Can't compare the green goddess salad at Craig's. Mm. Yeah, I get it. It's a scene. It people love it. Even with the cameras outside, they know there's gonna be a press conference as soon as they're done with their chicken parm. They still go there every single night. Yep, the food's great. That's good. All right, on to the number nine story. Travis Barker is back healthy again. It seems like he's uh, back to normal. He's already. Already back to the studio. Back to the studio. Travis told folks on social media during the endosco- endoscopy. Is that the oh, word? Most. No, I think he had a colonoscopy. Okay. Well, during during the colon, I guess he had a very small pulp removed right in a polyp. very polyp. very very small polyp removed right in a very sensitive sensitive. Sensitive. No, I'm kidding. Okay, I'm just fucking with you at this point. Very sensitive area, usually usually handled by specials, which unfortunately damage a critical pancreatic drainage tube. This resulted in severe life-threatening pancreatitis. That's the, I finally got it right. Look at that. Um, it's crazy how much Travis Barker is in the news now. I mean, it's not because we obviously know who he's married to now, but Travis Barker, his level of of star has definitely changed ever since. He married. Well, he started. So he started, He became engaged to Courtney, and now married to Courtney Kardashian. Like he's dating Courtney, but it, it took him very much into the mainstream zygast. He's you know like I mean? like he's, people who didn't know, like us who knew who Travis Barker was. Now everyone knows who Travis Barker is. But I am impressed that he is actually getting colonoscopies as he should. How old is Travis? Travis is not too old. I mean, he's got to be in his 40s, so you're well, supposed you're to be supposed getting that. Start at like 45. Yeah, you're supposed to start then. So he's doing the right thing and he yeah. is a he has had health scares in the past. He is a vegan, so he is uh he's actually one of the nicest. Have you met him ever? Yeah, I have. Cool guy. Really nice guy. Very nice, very like uh not shy, like just quiet, like timid, nice but guy, Courtney's very cool. Really nice. Yeah. See, are you close with Courtney? 
I am friendly with all of them. I see. I love all of them. The only one that to me that's been a little bit of the coldest is Courtney. And I say and I don't say it in a mean way. I just think she's just not into it as much as everyone else is. Like I just don't have a much of a relationship with her. And that's not a bad thing. That's just that's just she's she's like Kim is unbelievable. I think Kim is awesome. I think Chloe is awesome. It's Courtney is the one who's just not as into it as the other two are. But that's fine. That's just her that's just what makes but her she, feel comfortable. Yeah, but she never has been. She's always been the one they've had to, to go like, come on. And, you know, yeah, but she was also the first one to have kids and was living a very different life. Sure. Yeah. But it's crazy what Travis Barker, like you said, it's just, he's just another level. I mean, it's funny. He was the drummer in Blink-182, but now he might be the most famous guy in the group. If they, when they start to go back on tour, it's like people might oh, come I out just to see Travis. I think that's pretty accurate. But what people are also finding out is that Travis is considered one of the greats. Oh, yeah. In, oh, yeah. In the, in the drummer world. I give him a lot of credit because he plays with a bunch of people. It's like he just loves music. He loves the drums. He's passionate about it. And so, uber talented. Super talented. Good guy. I always like a good guy. I've met him a few times. Always super cool. All right. On to the number eight story. Carlos Santana, 74 years old, was performing in Clarkston, Michigan on Tuesday night when he passed out mid-song due to heat exhaustion and dehydration. According to those in attendance, Santana was immediately attended by his medical personnel, uh, medical personnel who treated him on stage. Apparently, when he passed out, this was only 20 minutes into the show, they like brought blankets or sheets so no one could see what they are doing to him. Um, but... But he he regained consciousness quickly, but the show was canceled and they actually canceled the next night on tour. Uh, He is going to be okay. He's going to be fine. But due to the circumstances, his age, I guess they wanted to just make sure he was going to get a full recovery. So they canceled the next show. But 20 minutes in, passes out. And then he it's they blocked him from the crowd. So the crowd's got to be going nuts. Like, what's going on? Like, is this they don't know how serious is. Luckily, he addressed it immediately. Well, first of all, they always put, if something happens, that's sort of standard operating, they put those things up because all those, it's so sad, all those videos and all that become incredibly valuable. Sure, they do. you don't need a bunch of people. If someone is really having a massive medical emergency, you don't need everybody holding up their phones. So they block it for privacy, which is fantastic. And, which I read too, it was over 100 degrees that day and like 114 under the lights. And this is why we I, I know as a mom, we was like, make sure you drink enough water. Yeah. You're up on stage. He's a very physical performer. He's 74. It's been hot as hell all day. You're sweating. You dehydrate. Yeah. And my tip is always... Take a bottle of Gatorade, take a bottle of water and split them in two. Mix them. Get the electrolytes. Sugar in the Gatorade. And so you've got now two bottles and that makes it. I always feel like that's a better formula. I like it. Less sugar, more electrolytes. I like it. Good job, mom. All right. Numbers. Number seven. Pedialyte for hangovers. (laughs) I like Pedialyte. That's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, Number seven. This one kind of sucks. Well, it sucks for everything. Jerry Harris, the star of Netflix's Cheer. This guy was the breakout star of the show. Has just been sentenced to 12 years behind bars in his child pornography case. Harris was in court for sentencing Wednesday where a string of his friends and supporters read statements about the disgraced reality star's character. After the lengthy hearing, the judge announced 
announced the 12-year sentence. Harris was facing up to 50 years behind bars after pleading guilty to one of uh, to one count of receipt of child pornography and one count of traveling with the intent to engage in illicit sexual conduct. Federal prosecutors recommended Harris spend 15 years locked away. Uh, the Cheer Star had been under investigation by the FBI dating back to 2019. Authorities claimed he was soliciting sex from minors at cheer competitions and coercing teen boys to send inappropriate photos. This guy was on the, like, this arrest came right after he became like the breakout star. Like, I remember everyone was talking about this kid. I even reached out to try to do an interview with him and he had a representative talking to him and they seemed like the nicest kid. Like, he seemed like the nicest guy. It sucks. I mean, bottom line, it's sad for everyone. So did Jared from Subway. Yeah, true. I mean, there's a lot of people in this. I mean, it's uh, it's a. He seemed like a real nice guy too. Exactly, and we I don't think we're expecting that from Jared from Subway and Jerry. uh, He like owned up to it. He said, "Listen, I feel bad. I mean, he he had he admitted faults, and uh, it's a sad thing. There's not much to say about it except that sad. It's just sad, and and protect your children. You know, I have on on my podcast next week i have on marisol nichols who is an actress and also a sex trafficking child sex trafficking advocate and it's a fascinating conversation and we do get into what do you tell your children how do you keep your children safe and it's a conversation a that you should all hear on group tech next text next week with my shameless plug but also it's a conversation you have to have with your kids yeah, you know? I, I, you know, it's so funny. A, a company reached out to me. It was a charity reached out to me, and they were a charity trying to raise awareness and you know to stop uh, child sex, ch- child child trafficking, whatever the term is. Is it child trafficking or child sex child trafficking? Sex trafficking. It's such a. T- it, it's all it, bad. It's, it's all bad. It's even bad it, words. It's such a bad. It it hurts to even say child sex trafficking. I mean, it's so gross. It's so yeah. gnarly. It's so crazy. But this charity was trying to raise awareness for it and i reached out to some of the networks to say hey you know this company this charity is trying to raise awareness about child sex trafficking would the spokesman uh, would they be allowed to come on the show and talk about some of the facts that's going on and the producers of the show i'm not going to say what show said that they can't do anything with it because it's such a disgusting tough term to bring up that it you can't even talk about it like it's like that's it doesn't get the the attention it deserves because it's such a it's so hard to talk about, especially on network TV. It's like, no, this is just ratings in, you know, we're trying to make money here. And unfortunately it's terrible, but we can't be a part of that. Yeah, I I agree. I walked away from my conversation with Marisol and you feel like you kind of just want to put your hands over your ears and go, la, 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 I can't hear you. Yeah. And I think it's saying that it's so big. And what I learned from her so much more prevalent than we, realize and there's so many different levels to it and that it, it's a it's overwhelming it's terrifying and again i think it's one of those things that you know people don't want to hear about because it is just so awful yeah well listen i want to this is we got one more terrible story then we're gonna get into some 
better things. At least the next yes. story is a little bit better. This story is going to suck as well. Um, Nicki Minaj's husband, number six, Nicki Minaj's husband, Kenneth Petty, will be doing time for failing to register as a sex offender in California. But much to the Fed's dismay, he'll be doing that time in the mansion where he and Nicki live. A federal judge sentenced the 44-year-old on Wednesday, giving him one year of home detention, three years probation, and a $55,000 fine. Petty entered a guilty plea back in 2021. Prosecutors inside the U.S. Attorney's Office had argued home detention wouldn't be punishment because Nikki and Kenneth live in a luxurious multi-bedroom mansion in the gated Calabasas community. Petty was convicted of a 1994 rape in New York City where he served over four years in prison. When he moved to Cali with Nikki, he didn't register on the sex offenders list, and that's when the feds busted him. Is it weird that this guy is going to be able to serve his sentence? And what are your thoughts on this? That he's going to be able to hang out for a year and that's his punishment at their huge mansion, Calabasas? Well, you know, when you see the pictures, you're like, well, that doesn't suck. Um, but again, okay, so we don't know the, the, the ins and outs of the original case. I would like to see us spending a little more time, keep, you know, instead of chasing down this guy where you just say, hey, just stay there, go away, do your thing, slap on the wrist. Yes, we were wrong. Let's go catch some of the really bad guys that are not registering and that are driving around in vans and still snatching kids. Rather, you know I mean, to me, it's like a double-edged sword. Like, yes, he should not be held. He is not above the law. He is getting a total, you know, buy hanging out in the mansion with the, you see the overhead photos with the pool and anything. Yeah. this court and, uh, you know. Um, it's just again, it's just also this. This is one of those stories. It just sucks. Like, it's one of those stories that you're like, everybody is wrong. Yeah, why are we taxpayer money going after him so we can say, oh, go stay in your mansion? And there's people who are significantly more dangerous not registering. Let me ask you this, uh, Calabasas, you're there Calabasas. there. Is yeah, it that great there? Obviously, the Kardashians kind of put it on the map, and you know, there's a lot of other people now. Nicki Minaj, you know, the game lives there. There's a lot of other people. Is Calabasas that nice? Um, is yeah. it that cool, or like, what's the appeal of well, Calabasas, Calabasas so much? Calabasas and Hidden Hills and all these areas, you can get a lot more land. You can get a lot more space than you can necessarily get in in other areas. So it's become very popular because you can have you're not, you know, cheek to jowl as you can be with with in other areas of L.A. So that's how it started was it was sort of horse country and everybody in Hidden Hills had horses and little barns on their property and these beautiful guest houses and privacy and all those kinds of things. A lot of gated communities. So it was very sort of safe. And now, again, it's blown up. Just like all the yeah. areas all over. And it be, seems to be the the sort of in trendy hot spot. Yeah. It's nice. I mean, it's 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 really nice. It's very Not cool. Well, speaking of nice, the number five story, Michael Rubin, the billionaire owner of Fanatics, uh, he threw a 4th of July party that was probably the sickest party of the year. It's one he did it last year and this year. 
it was another great party. First of all, the invitation to this party, he sent an, uh, it was a, an Ace of Spades bottle of champagne to everyone. That was the invitation to the party. So let's say if there was 300 people, everyone's getting, what, a $1,000, $1,500 bottle. Just the invitations alone are costing a lot of money. Some of the people in attendance at this party at his home in the Hamptons was Beyonce, Jay-Z, Draymond Green, Carmelo Anthony, James Harden. I mean, Drake was there. In fact, uh, Drake, 21 Savage, Lil Durk, Miguel, Lil Baby, Meek Mill, Travis Scott, Lil Uzi Vert, they all started performing. Diplo was there. I mean, there was tons of names. Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, was there. Why weren't we invited? Well, because we're clearly not cool enough. But the best part of the story is actually, I mean, it's awful, but it's hilarious <laughs> because they have such humor that his wife was up on stage and took a header. And totally like massive shiner and the whole thing and had to go to the emergency room. Yeah, Michael. So Michael Rubin's girlfriend, his baby dad, his baby mama. Two, uh, Ka- yeah. baby mama. two kids. Two, two, two kids. So he's got two kids with her. Camille, uh, she she was on stage and fell off stage and he had to go to the hospital with her. She got pretty, she got some, you know, I mean, she's okay, yeah. but she got some bruises from this fall. I mean, I don't know how high the stage was or what she fell into, but it was, and Michael had to go to the hospital with her and missed a lot of the party because but of that. I love the fact that that particular incident, like I feel horrible for her, but it showed they're a real couple. For sure. I mean, and Michael left the party with her. It wasn't some, you know, whatever, that they're an actual real couple, if that makes sense. It was really nice. It was a very good move. Here's my question for you, Melissa. Do you start to By question? Way, the fact that she had her second baby three months ago and looks that good is a whole separate, like, <laughs> Here's what. Here's my question. There's some people on Instagram, like this guy named Adam Weitzman. I don't know if you've ever seen him on Instagram. And there's, well, Michael Rubin. Michael Rubin's a billionaire. He could be hanging out with other billionaires and some really successful people, and which he does, obviously, by the, by the names of these people at the party. But, like, he hangs out with Meek Mill, and he wanted, like, all the rappers to perform at his party. I, you start to wonder, like, is, is that what he wanted? Like, for me, it's like... You have the money. Now, the only thing you didn't have was fame. And how do you get fame? You kind of partner with other people that have a lot of fame, like Meek Mill, Drake, and those are the people that you wanted around to perform at your party. I mean, you could have had Bruce Springsteen. You know, you could have had Bon Jovi. But no, you wanted the people that are the coolest people in town. So you want to be considered cool. Um, but listen, I'm just pissed because I wasn't invited to the party. But what I ask, but most I want to ask you, the Hamptons. A lot of people like Dax has never been to the Hamptons. I've been to the Hamptons a few times, but it's not really my scene. Reason is I can't afford it. But you, the, what are your thoughts on the Hamptons? I'm of two minds. I have very mixed emotions because on one level, like I love the old school Hamptons before it became this sort of international cool destination you know yeah and the hamptons what people don't know is are incredibly beautiful and it's gorgeous and it's the great gatsby and it's these wonderful beautiful homes and and you know georgia galay like it's great and ha- you know has it become sort of this it place yeah do I like that part of it? No. You know, it, it's how my mother and I always felt about St. Bart's. We loved going to St. Bart's, just not during the season. Gotcha. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it is what it is. It's like, you know, a couple of years ago, yeah, Malibu's still super popular. Do you remember like five years ago? Malibu was 
off the charts again, you know, and it's all very cyclical. You know, I, I love like Martha's Vineyard and Nantucket, a little bit more of a, of a chill vibe, but even that's getting overrun. So let me ask you this. What crowd goes to the Hamptons? What crowd goes to Martha's Vineyard? What crowd goes to Nantucket? Is there a different type of crowd, different type of money? What do you, what do you see? Well, you forgot Maine. Maine. Okay. I didn't even know Maine was like that. That's Maine like, and like Newport Island, which are Oh, Newport's are nice. Yeah. The Vanderbilt's and stuff. But Maine is where is real quiet old money. Real money is up in Maine. That's where Martha Stewart has a major home. I mean, that's like money, money. You know, it's 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 levels of preppy, it's levels of showy. Like the Hamptons are very flashy. And they yeah. become very flashy rather than they've just become super flashy. And the people you would see in Maine and in Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard are not as flashy. Interesting. It's a very different vibe. Yeah, I got a cousin in Nantucket. I they don't Nantucket's talk to great. Yeah, they don't invite me up. I can't aff- I don't think they I don't I don't I don't wear any of that vineyard vine stuff. By the way, there is nothing wrong with vineyard vines. It's a good it's a good outfit. It's a good By the clothing. way, no. The best quarter zips. You know, like the sweatshirts that are. You know what? Zips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would actually agree with the quarter zips there because they're strong. They, you know, some of them like they like they get like weird at the collar, but it's a strong quarter zip. It's a strong quarter zip and good colors. Yeah, and well made. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it out there. I'm a fan of the quarter zip from Vineyard Vines. Vineyard Vines, if you're listening, sponsor Melissa Rivers and the Group Text Podcast. Melissa Rivers would be your first ambassador. Uh, she could be an influencer ambassador for you guys. Let's go. Give her some quarter zips. Uh, if they don't, and my son wears it. Listen, give ones, give a few to her son. He will post about it. Come on, let's go. On to the number four story of the week. The star of Nashville, Heroes and Remember the Titans, Hayden Panettiere, opened up about her struggles with opiate and alcohol addiction and explained that her experience with drugs stems back to her teenage years. The actor claimed that beginning when she was 15 years old, one of the adults on her team would give her happy pills prior to red carpet appearances so that she would be more energetic during interviews. Now Panettiere is able to connect that experience to her issues with addiction as an adult. She kind of went in. She, you know, she she did the people cover and she says the ha- these happy pills someone on her team would give her were, was like Adderall and it would kind of give her a little bit more energy, a little pep in her step so she'd be more happy or more talkative on the red carpet. She also talked about when she was in her teenage years, she'd go to a party and people never even asked. They would just put drinks in her hand and um, she kind of struggled the past few years. She had a relationship with a guy that became a little bit abusive and then she Talk also had- Beyond toxic. Oh, that it was really bad. I mean, she was on video getting into physical fights. Yeah, it was bad. It was really awkward and really, really bad. And she also had a drinking issue came in from postpartum uh, from one of her children. So it's, uh, I'm glad that she's opening up about it because I wondered what was going on with it for a while, especially after the last boyfriend and the the fight she had with him. You knew something was going on, but now it's just like, okay, we have conclusion to the story. Like she was going through some serious issues. And Hayden Panettiere, I always thought she was, first of all, from my experience, one of the sweetest, nicest girls. I also thought so pretty. Like there was so much, t- like she was girl just next a ch- ch- girl next door, but like there was so much charisma. Like she was charming. Like you were like, oh, this girl has an it factor. And then you wonder for the past few years, like what has going on? Like why hasn't she done anything except there, this crazy stuff you've seen in the news? And now it, 
I don't want to say it makes sense, but it's just like, okay, she was, you know, now we kind of know about her struggles that she was going on. But also we didn't know about this stuff that was going on when she was a teen and people giving her, you know, what she says, happy pills, but she thinks it's Adderall to go on the red carpet. I mean, that's a, that's a wild accusation, a wild thing to say, but it's, I guess it happens. By the way, not the first time we're hearing this story. Yeah. Not the first time we're hearing this story. I am fortunate enough to know her and she is lovely. And everything you're saying, she's very charismatic and very sweet and super talented. And, you know, she struggled with demons, just like every other person who, I mean, this is, sadly, this is not the first time we've heard this story. Yeah. Does she seem to be doing great? Yes. Fingers crossed. God bless. Good thoughts that she can maintain it. It sounds like she's in a great place and has the support she needs. And um, and it's just, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage to say, I'm in a really bad place and need help. Yeah. No, I, I think it's great. Yeah. It's, and I think it's great. And she looks amazing. Yeah, she it's looks great. I'm excited healthy. to see. She's like, she's doing a movie and she's doing like a, the next scream. I'm excited to see how she comes from this because I think everyone's in her corner, you know? Sure, um, she, she doesn't have enemies. She's never no. been nasty. She's, you know, she's sweet. You want someone who's sweet to get the second chance because there's enough freaking assholes out there that get second chances that don't deserve them. Yeah, speaking of uh, second chances, Travis Scott, the number three story, Travis Scott did a show on the 4th of July in Coney Island when some fans started to climb up a sort of like scaffolding during the show. And Travis stopped the show and ordered the fans to come down. Obviously, this is big news because Travis did a show, a festival called the Astroworld. Ten people ultimately lost their lives after the crowd of roughly 10,000 people surged toward the stage, crushing people in the process. Shortly after their horrific incident, Scott's attorney Ed McPherson spoke to Good Morning America and was adamant his client was unaware of what was unfolding before his eyes he says uh, and I quote Travis didn't really understand the full effect of everything until the next morning he says truly he did not know what was going on understand that when he uh, understand that when he's up on stage and he has these flash pots going off around him he has an ear monitor that has music blasting through it and his own voice he can't hear anything he can't see anything Uh, but I think you know, obviously, it's big news because he finally stopped the show, and it, some people aren't happy about this, including the victims who uh, lawyers who got you know unfortunately passed away during National World. They're saying this is him just trying to show sympathy, uh, you know, play sympathy, play the sympathy card. Uh, but he still has a lot. He still had a lot of damage in Astro World, and Travis hasn't accepted responsibility for the concert. What are your thoughts on this, Melissa? I have a lot of thoughts on this from when I read this story. First of all, and this is not taking any side. What people do not know is when you are on a stage like that, you cannot see past the third row. You, It's impossible. The lights are so bright in your eyes. There's so much commotion. There's so much music. There's all these things you talk about, the flashback. I mean, I remember being on stage, even doing interviews at like what we call like uh, a TCA where you start on stage and there's all these reporters asking you, you can't see. And you know that you cannot see. So I can't imagine that. Yes. He's got the ears in the whole thing. His, the, the, the attorney's calling him out saying, Oh, he knew and he could have stopped it. 
I kind of call bullshit on that. He's much more aware. He's seeing things differently. He's now realizing that what he's seeing out of his peripheral vision isn't one of his guys climbing something. You know, it's very, what people don't understand is it's at night, especially, and all those lights are in your eyes, you can't see. And to say that he knew he had control of the crap, I, I mean, I, it's, it's a really awful situation for everybody. But I got to say, you know, I, I I I think he did the right thing. I mean, Adele's been doing it. And again, when all these play performers are now doing it, it's during the day and they can see. Yeah. Uh, you wonder if that's going to be the new thing, especially in, in those type of atmospheres where it can be a little bit crazy if there are going to be more daylight concerts so people could see. But I don't know if that's going to happen. I do think it was nice that he did he's more conscious of what the crowd is doing. Uh, I under, I could understand because you're not seeing, you said something very important. You said he's not seeing everything going on because when you're in a performance mindset, like you're focused, so hyper-focused on performing that you don't get to see the crowd and it almost becomes like a wave. I mean, you've been in front of large audiences and theaters and when you're in front of that audience, it's like you might see the first 10 rows, but you can't see what's going on in the back if someone would be choking in the back and then are you supposed to be held responsible because you didn't stop the crowd? But that's the new thing now. Like you have to, you almost want to have someone there just to wave you off and say, hey, all right, stop the crowd. You know, the lights are so bright you cannot see. Think about it. When you get stopped by like the cops and they shine that light in your eyes, you can't see. You can't see them standing by. Everything becomes in shadow. And I'm not saying that relieves him, alleviates him of any responsibility. I don't know enough about the Astroworld story to have an opinion on who was right and who was wrong. But having been on a stage like that, I have to say you honestly cannot see. Yeah. You cannot see. It's you wonder if, you know, obviously it's getting on with the, the lawyers of the one of the victims who passed, who unfortunately lost her life at Astroworld is speaking up about the incident uh, at the Coney Island uh, at the Coney Island appearance. And you wonder if it's just trying to sway. I don't know what he what he's looking to get out of this case. It's just at the end of the day, it's a shitty situation for everyone. This it's, is one of those, it sucks. Everybody, everybody loses. Every, you're everybody 100%. loses. On every single level. And that's what's so lousy. Yeah, I agree. I guess the important thing is what do we learn to move forward? And that's maybe someone there nearby to be in your ear to rush you off the stage if something happens. I mean, that's someone's new job, you know, to be the voice between the the performer and the the audience. I think that's now a new role. If you really want to start pointing fingers, when they started overrunning the gates, and at Astroworld and it being so chaotic before he even took the stage, it's the responsibility of whoever is in charge of the venue to say, no, absolutely not. You yeah. do not go on. You know, the responsibility, there's there's plenty of finger pointing to go around. And, you know, it was it, it's one of those things where it was mistake, bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. Yeah, on to the number two story. And I'm surprised this one became so popular because I, I mean, I honestly, um, I don't know why people care that much. It's it's a personal, it's someone's 
personal life. But Elon Musk reportedly had twins on the low last year with a woman who is running one of his companies, making him a father to at least nine kids. Elon has twins with Siobhan's, had twins with Siobhan Zellis, a top executive at Neuralink, the brain chip company Musk co-founded and chairs, according to Insider Report and court docs filed in Texas. The twins were born in November, and the timing is interesting because only a few weeks later in December, Elon and Grimes, who he has a child with, welcomed their second baby via surrogate. No word on the twins' first names, but court docs were reported filed earlier by uh, this year by Elon and Siobhan requesting the children's names be changed. Incl- uh, I'm sorry, Elon and Siobhan requesting the children's name be changed to include Zillis as a middle name and Musk as the last. A judge already approved the request. Elon has uh, actually like confirmed the news himself. He tweeted out saying, doing my best to help the underpopulation crisis, a collapsing birth rate is the biggest danger civil- civil- uh, civilization faces by far. I mean, kids, guy's got a lot of kids, but he has the and money most, to afford them. Right. And isn't it that he only really wants boys? I think he only has one girl. I don't know. He's such an interesting guy, he but has yeah. more boys than girls. I know that. Yes, 100%. And he was just recently, I saw photos of his kids because they just met the Pope. Oh, I saw um, that. Um, so, but I'm surprised so many people like were into this story. Like, it, yeah, okay, he, I guess he dated a girl, he had an affair, or he, who knows what the relationship is, but he doesn't speak about it. It's like, this is my life. Like, yeah, maybe I was dating Grimes, but, and had a baby, we had a, we were having a baby together, but I also have an open relationship. I mean, it's almost like, what are we? What were we supposed to get out of this story? I think it's just the endless fascination with him and this sort of eccentric lifestyle he he lives. Because if you look at, and I'm using the word contemporaries in in a very loose fashion, when you think of the people on his level, you've got Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, Richard Branson, you know that whole group. They live very traditional or a pair seem to be traditional lifestyles where Elon's way out there and he's always been way out there. And to suddenly be like, he's got how many kids and he is just like a breeding machine. And then he's having them via surrogate. Like, you know, it's this, it's this, it's part of the, why people are fascinated by him because he does not live by anyone else's. Yeah. He's a very unique guy. I've met him a few times. Very nice guy. And I've I've met the others too. I've met Bill Gates. I've met, uh, you know, I've seen all the others. And he's the one that's like the most approachable in a way. Like he's the one who like, he's so, I don't want to say normal because he's kind of not, but it's also his reality is just not normal to my reality um, because he's Elon he's Musk. Not, he's not, he's not normal, but that doesn't mean he's not approachable. Exactly. He's just he's he's nice. He's like odd. he gets it. He's an, odd, he's an odd duck. But you know what? He's like to the fans. Like he'll talk to you. Like you could yeah. sometimes get a photo with. He'll sign autographs. Whereas like I saw Jeff Bezos and Jeff Bezos, like he doesn't. You don't exist to him. Like he doesn't address you. Like he's just you're just there. And actually, it's kind of cool. So when you deal with Jeff Bezos on the street, his security is like very nice to the paparazzi. They're like, "Hey, what's going on, man? Like, where are you going? This is where we're going to next?" Because they don't want to chase. They're like, "Listen, like, we know what you're doing. It's fine. You're just doing your job. Like, we know why you're here. Our job is to protect him from the people that we don't know what their intentions are. Because right. you know what the paparazzi. So in Elon, it's funny. Jeff Elon has more security than Bezos." 
but Elon's security drives around like they're like ninjas as well. It's crazy because Elon gets driven around in like a Tesla, but it's like the cheapest Tesla. And then the rest of the security team drives around in like Nissan Altimas because they want they want to bring attention to Elon. If you saw like eight Teslas driving together, like what the fuck is going on? Yeah. But like. It's just cra- in the in the security also for Elon. They dress like they're going to a bachelor party in Atlantic City. Like they're so dressed down. Like they look like goombas. Like you're just like, oh, who are these guys? But little did they know they're protecting the richest guy in the world. And he's, you know, he's just cool. He's just cool. Yeah. I mean, and you know, again, I think people are just sort of fascinated with a little bit like, and I can't believe this is a name that popped in my head, but like people are fascinated with Marlon Brando living on the island, and you know. Yeah, all of the baby mom. Like it's the same. It's just a fascination of someone that's chosen to live their life it, it, outside what we consider no, the no, the social norms. Yeah, no, he's an interesting guy. I would love to have him on the podcast because I have so many questions Me for too. him. Well, so actually, speaking of your podcast, group text, who would be your? You've had some crazy. You've had amazing guests over the years on your podcast. Who would be your dream guest that you would love to have? Mm, there's so many. I'd love Chris Rock. I'd love Dave Chappelle. I would love Peyton Manning. I would love I, Tom Brady, even though I'm not a huge fan. I do think he's become quite funny. Yeah. I like anyone who's interesting and funny and smart. And usually to be funny, you have to be smart. I, I agree with you, but know what? You're already getting a lot of funny, smart people. And I recommend people. I mean, I know we're going to put this on your podcast, but the audience that listens to the Hollywood Raw podcast, make sure you check out Melissa Rivers yeah. Group Text podcast. It's interesting. It's fun. She's got great perspective. And I have to say, of all the, and I'm going to call you this, I'm going to call you a celebrity. Don't get weird on me. I'm going to call you a celebrity. Of all the celebrities I have met, you are the one who gets it the most, but it's like you you make it we like to do in our podcast but like you humanize it like you're just real like you're you're a fan of it too so that's what's cool about you and and it shows in your energy when you deal with these people on your podcast and that's what makes the podcast so good it's just a good fun interview where you don't overdo it where you're still you're still cool and that's you know you get it from your mom where you just treat them normal but it's also interesting it's not like you get something out of the interview that's what i love about your podcast and i i try and keep it's a conversation yeah and again, I think being on both sides of it, I know the interviews I enjoy doing and I try and replicate that for me because I prefer ones that are an actual conversation where the person's actually engaged, not reading off their cards. Sure. No, I get it. I totally get it. It's, a, it's actually a real conversation. When you see someone on the nothing against Fallon or Seth Meyers, but that's not an interview. Like they're just, those are, those questions, the answers are all pre-done. It's, but when you listen to podcasts, especially Melissa's podcast, you actually hear like a legitimate conversation, but it's the questions like you ask or stuff like I want to know where it's not like, it, they're just cool. I, I mean, listen, I'm kissing her ass, but it's just cool. Well, I love Hollywood raw. Oh, keep going. Why Melissa? Why? Because I think, you know, we can talk crap about Dax because he's clearly, <laughs> Adam, you carry the whole operation. Listen, I hear that all the time. It never you gets old. You carry the whole thing. You know, Dax lollygagging off in Europe. Yeah. Isn't, isn't lollygag such a good uh, word? That's, I think that's the word in Europe that they use. They just go lollygagging all day. I or think that's what you do. Gallivanting. Yeah, they're just eating but hay. And you and Dax have been so lovely to me through the years and so lovely when I first launched my podcast. And, you know, it's fun. Again, it's so nice. And I try and do that with my podcast and you guys do it with yours. Is 
the world is so insane and overwhelming and you can't turn on the news without feeling like you're just being bombarded with this horror. It's nice to take time and just, you know, give your brain a break. It really is. It's nice to give your brain a break, but we're not going to do that with the number one story of the week. Unfortunately, the number one story of the week, James Caan, the legendary actor made famous for his roles in films like The Godfather and Brian's Song, has passed away. Um, This was just posted on James' Twitter account. Uh, It with great sadness that we inform you the passing of Jimmy on the evening of July 6th. The family appreciates the outpouring love and heartfelt condolences and asks that you continue to respect their privacy during this difficult time. Uh, Khan's breakout role came in 1972 when he played Sonny on The Godfather. He was nominated for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor as well as a Golden Globe. He reprised his role in The Godfather 2. He also played Brian Piccolo in Brian's Song. I mean, just a legendary actor. I mean, he was an elf. It just... He's a legend. He was an absolute legend. He was 82 years old. Just... It's sad. Um, 82. A good run... You know, not forgotten, considered, you know, one of the, you know, a great actor. Not a bad way to go. Not, 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 not a bad way to go where the, the, there's not one, like, there's nothing in any of the obits, like, except for the time that he was involved in this scandal. Yeah. No, you he know, was, he was just an outpouring of love. And at 82, good job, buddy. Great job. Uh, you know what I liked about this? And, and, and it sounds so sort of what I liked about this. I liked that the family was able to break the news. Like his Twitter account was the one to break the news about the death. We didn't find one of the other news sites trying to fight over it, trying to see who could get it out first. And what happens is when someone passes away, Melissa, as you know, that it becomes public record and anybody could kind of break that story. But fortunately for this story, they were able to break the news on his Twitter account and kind of control the narrative and it's important as you know a narrative is a very important thing and don't let people kind of jump to when we hear someone passes away sometimes people could say could it be this reason or that reason but for this it came from the family through his twitter account so that was sort of nice but the guy had a yeah this is one of those and and this is great there was no narrative to control yeah you know yeah he was 82 he was a celebrated actor he had you know, iconic roles for and hit multiple generations. There's no, and, and that's so great because there's no narrative that needs to be spun. Yeah. No. And that says a lot about who he was. 1000%. I think everyone's just kind of going to watch The Godfather tonight or just kind of see him for an actor. And he was, he was an actor. He didn't become a reality kind of guy where we no. saw the guy Oh, he, 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 he was hilarious. Incredible. He was incredible in Elf. But sometimes in in the Hollywood world, that their pu- their public persona will take over for their per- their professional yeah. persona. And for him, he was just he was James Caan. Everyone knew he was just a legend. Jimmy. He was, was Jimmy Caan. He was uh he he was a complete legend. So uh, R.I.P. to him. What a legend. But guys, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you like and subscribe. Check out the Hollywood Raw podcast. Make sure you tune into the Melissa Rivers group text podcast. It's a great one. Make sure you follow Marissa, Melissa Rivers on Instagram at Melissa Rivers Official at Melissa Rivers Official. That's her IG account. She's a fun one. Check out her new book, Melissa Rivers. Thank you for joining me today. It's a complete. It's an honor. It's a privilege. 
And uh, I think you're great. I think you're doing an awesome if, job. Keep up the good work with the podcast. If, if Dax doesn't con- if Dax decides not to come back from Europe, can I just be your new co-host? Uh, Melissa, let's we're off, right? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Please, let's talk. Okay. I'll talk to her down. We could make that. We could do that. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you guys for listening. Check us out on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Ron it all. We'll see you guys next time. A Huda Media Production.